Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to Food for Thought, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. I'm your host, Juan Cruz, and today I'm so excited, and I'm actually nervous, uh, because I have the nuncio, Archbishop Christophe Pierre. Uh, if you could say hello real quick. Hello. Greetings to you. <laughs> so I'm so excited. I'm, so normally... Uh, Bishop, how do well, how do I how do I call you? Because I feel nuncio, archbishop. Uh, what do you feel more comfortable? Whatever you like, you know, bishop or nuncio. Nuncio. Yeah. Okay, so nuncio. <clears throat> normally, it's always different. Um, when we I do these interviews, it's always the other person on the other side is nervous, and then I'm the one that's calm. And it seems like you're as cool as a cucumber, and then I'm very nervous. <laughs> I was just so you know. I was like so nervous, like I, I, I felt like I almost needed to throw up on the drive here. Nervous to speak with you. So I'm, I'm excited to be here with you. Um, let's first begin with what exactly is the nuncio. I want to give some brushstrokes because there's many atheist listeners that listen to this podcast that don't believe in religion. Uh, they don't believe in God. They don't believe in who knows what. And I dabble a lot of the subjects. I've talked about moral compass of man, uh, the difference between man and woman. I've talked about the importance of speaking truth, the precision in your speech. And I always touch the, the Bible. I always put brushstrokes of the Bible with science all mixed together in there. Um, so we have a mixture of Catholic, Baptist, atheist. So what exactly is a nuncio, if you could explain to everyone? You know, first, first and foremost, as I would like to make a commentary about what you said just now. You know, I think uh, I'm very happy to, to have this conversation with you because, uh, and uh, happy to meet your listeners. Of course, I don't know them, but uh, I know that uh, each one of them, like me, like you, we are human beings. You know? And before we are classified by being believers or not believers, you know, as you say, atheists or not, you know, I think we are human beings. And I think uh, uh, as long as when we consider the other, you know, as a, as a human being like me, I think the conversation is much easier, you know. And uh, uh, you know, I am not different from from the people uh, listening to us today, you know. Uh, if uh, I have, I'm a believer in Christ, you know, and we will talk about it. But this is uh, uh, does not put me in a different category of human being because I am a believer, you know. And uh, I think it's it's interesting precisely to to be able to you know to talk to one another because uh, we have we have something to offer to the other. And uh, my listeners, our listeners, also to, uh, have also to offer. And you know, every human being, in some way, is looking for g meaning to his also his own life. You know, and, and uh, what is the meaning of my life? So, uh, uh, when when we start from this viewpoint, I think everything is different. Then we, you know, we can exchange, we can enrich ourselves, and. Uh, find you know the the light and the truth and the, the beauty of our existence so i hope you know our conversation will will go in that direction yeah and and it's interesting i think a lot of people always are very interested in the podcast because i give it to them as an aspect of a generalization of a human being period mm -hmm. um you know Right now, I just wanted to kind of explain a little bit, you know, because there's some people who don't know what 
uh, yeah. bishop, cardinal, yes. Yes, yes, annuncio, yes. and but you are right. I actually do. It's interesting. I cut hair mm. for a living, and I will when I speak with them. I just see them as just another human being. Yes. I don't care if they're they've stolen, they've uh, right. fornicated, I whatever it is. I, I, I just look at you like you're just because I have my flaws. Mm. I have. I'm probably worse than them. Most of these people that do some of these things, I look at them and I think they're, you're a better human being than me. Yes. So, but you are right. But if you could give an explanation, yes. As to yes. You know, I uh, I am denuncio. Uh, denuncio is uh, well, technically we call it apostolic nuncio. I am representative of the Holy Father, the Pope Francis. You know, in this particular country, which is United States of America. So. Uh, you know, the, in order to understand what a nuncio is, you need to understand who is the, the Pope, you know. The Pope is uh, the successor of the Apostle Peter, who had been chosen by Jesus himself you know, to become uh, like the head of, of the disciples. You know, Jesus, when he began his ministry, uh, invited a few friends, and they became his disciples. They followed him, you know, they were the followers of Jesus. And at some stage, you know, uh, Jesus chose Peter. Why? I, we don't know. You know, that's the choice of Jesus. And told him, invested him, you know, as the, uh, the, the, the head of, 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 the, of the body of, of, of his disciples, you know. So uh, the, the Holy Father, the Pope, has been then, the, of course, after, after the first group of when they died, you know, they had their successors, and for the two, last two, 2,000 years, you know, we have had uh, successor of the apostles for, you know, uh, I don't remember the, the, the number, the number of uh, the Pope actually is 200 and something, yeah? So, uh, the, the, the Pope has the responsibility now of uh, keeping the church together, you know, he's the kind of symbol and uh, of the unity of the church. And uh, his role is to help all bishops, and there are a few thousand bishops all over the world, you know, to, 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 to remain in communion, as we say. You know, each bishop is, uh, has the responsibility of a diocese, a special territory, but they have to keep together, you know, because we are all followers of Jesus. So at times we know that the experience of humanity is that uh, there are always divisions, you know, and uh, this is the, the source of wars and so forth. So uh, the church has always, uh, through precisely the, 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 the Pope and the bishops in communion with the Pope, you know, tried to, to be in unity of doctrine, of discipline, and of communion. Huh? So uh, in order to do that, the Pope sends his own representative in uh, every country, you know, small country, big countries, you know. And our, our work is to do the work uh, to represent the Pope in, in this particular uh, country. So this is what I'm doing and I've been doing for the last, uh, for the last uh, six years in the United States. But I've been uh, uh, nuncio in different countries before, you know, my, uh, 26 years ago, I was appointed as nuncio in Haiti, you know, and then I was sent to Uganda for eight years. After Uganda, I came back to South America in Mexico, where I was nuncio for nine years, and now I am here. So my, uh, 
Mayuba, qui se tout représente le pope, pour la catholique church, mainly, et aussi pour garder la relation avec le gouvernement, parce que je suis aussi l'ambassadeur du pope, parce que le Holy See, qui est l'entité autour du Holy Father, le you know, head de la catholique church, pour des particular traditions particulières, a la possibilité d'avoir une relation diplomatique avec le gouvernement. Donc, les États-Unis ont créé diplomatique relationship since the, the year 1984. Et donc, je suis comme l'ambassadeur du Pope dans ce pays. Donc, c'est ma fonction, mon work and my activity here. So you try to keep also a peace between the government and the church. Well, you know, it's uh, like uh, like an ambassador, you know. An ambassador is uh, is essentially a person at the service of peace. And peace uh, can be kept if we have good relationship, if we talk to one another. Uh, actually, the, the, the work of an ambassador is to talk. Uh, of course, between two countries, you have always differences, you know, at times big differences, but uh, we want to, to continue to, to keep the conversation. And uh, the only way of uh, building peace is to talk to one another and to understand one another, to avoid, you know, to avoid the, the, the big controversies, which at times, you know, uh, are the source of wars. So this is what I, I try to do as an ambassador of the Pope, With, with the society at large, and particularly with the government. So I have two, a kind of two hats, you know. One, one hat is with the, the, the Catholic Church in this country, and this is a big church, you know, because, and with the government. Yeah. Now, out of all the places that you mentioned, which was the one that you felt most difficult? Well, at times, you know, it's interesting uh, what you're asking. You know, I've been at the service of the Pope since uh, 77, you know, when I began my first mission as a, you know, counselor of another nuncio in New Zealand. So it's now 45 years, you know. I've been in nine countries. Uh, uh, they are all different, you know, New Zealand, uh, Mozambique in Africa, Zimbabwe, Cuba, Brazil, the United Nations in Geneva, then the countries I have already mentioned to you. Eh? Uh, so some, some countries are poor, some are, are a bit richer, you know, some countries are small, some, you know, you have different uh, categories of people, different race, different... So, but, you know, uh, people say, well, what has been the most difficult? Each one has its difficulty, but... I've always find the beauty of my, my, my mission and my job, if you like, you know. The beauty because you meet people, and you meet people in their own context. And it's wonderful when you are a foreigner, you know, to be received in a country and you, you never feel, I never felt anywhere as a foreigner. I've always been uh, integrated in the country in spite of being different, you know, for example, in Africa or in South America. But, you know, once... You meet people, they are people, you know, they could be Africans, South American, Asian, and so forth. And this has been my, my, my beautiful experience, you know. Uh, at times, you, you have some, uh, some difficulties because it's not an easy mission. But on the other hand, you know, you, you are always received 
uh, in a beautiful way because you represent the Holy Father, and you belong. You know, uh, you we we belong to the same church precisely. So this is, uh, and so that you are, you you are receive. You you see the the beautiful aspect of the people. So, and if you, you engage in beautiful conversations, you discover the new culture, and you discover how uh, the message of the gospel has been uh, inculturated in this particular culture, in this particular place. So my, my life has been encounters with beautiful people all the time, in spite of all difficulties, you know, yeah. because I've been... Do, do in some uh, ways you see how... Do you see all the difficulties as a beauty... Because I, I'll tell you this, I, I do. Mm. I, I used to see suffering and mm. run away from suffering yeah, yeah. because I didn't understand suffering. Mm. And then um, I've said this on the podcast a few times, but just so you know, I, I went through many abuses as mm. a child, mm. um, physical, mm. sexual abuse. Uh, mm. And this made me want to avoid suffering always. Mm. But when I saw the meaning behind the suffering that yes. I went through, I've almost become like I'm scared of it, but I I want to confront it every time now. Yes, yes. And and I don't know if you've kind of had something that was a difficulty in your life, maybe as a childhood, that you look at this suffering every time you go to a new country, this difficulty, and you say, "I want to take this challenge." Well, you know, uh, life is is not easy, but and we are all confronted with a lot of problems, you know. Uh, in in our relationship, in the family, you know, in the work, in the, uh, but you know, I, what what has been for me uh, quite often a, a source of wonder is that uh, you know I, I've seen uh, uh, people in f- uh, being trying to live you know a beautiful life, a dignified life, you know, in spite of that difficulty, and I've been. Most of my life, I lived, uh, I served in uh, very poor countries like Haiti, you know, like uh, Uganda, uh, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, you know, all these countries which are at times uh, uh, are poor, but also they have suffered uh, war and violence and so forth. But you, so you see that, you see that, and it's it's hard to, to even in this country, you know, you have a lot of oh, violence, yeah. a lot of. Co- but on the other hand, you know, uh, you also led to, to meet people who are, uh, you know, trying to live, you know, precisely their faith uh, through, through so, so, so many difficulties and to build up a beautiful life, you know. To, to, uh, nothing is easy in the world. But, you know, when you see, uh, the, you, you confront these difficulties with faith, and we've, so this is, for me, what has been, in most of my life, a source of wonder, you know, and a source of joy, and also it confirms what I personally believe, you know, that God is love, and God is calls us to have a beautiful life when we have faith in Him, when we trust in Him, you know. So uh, I've met in my life many, many. People who have been converted, you know, uh, through the, uh, the encounter of, of with Christ, with God, and uh, they have been uh, able to, you know, to to live difficult situations, but with joy, with hope, and with faith, 
and with charity. You know, I think it's which are the gift that God gives us, you know, whenever we believe in Him. You know. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's interesting because it's funny that you, you say that with the faith. And, um, you know, in, I think here in America, and I think many, many places in the world, um, we try to avoid suffering. Mm-hmm. We try to completely run away from it at all times. Mm-hmm. And instead of confronting the suffering, mm-hmm. I said in one of the other podcasts, I explained how, you know, uh, Yahweh at one point in Exodus, uh, he gets mad because they're worshiping other idols. Mm-hmm. And then eventually what he does is uh, he lets these venomous snakes come out mm-hmm. and they begin to bite the people. Mm-hmm. And then he tells them, well, uh, please, all the people begin to beg uh, Moses, please, please, like, tell Yahweh to save us, to, mm-hmm. to heal us. Mm-hmm. And then God eventually tells Moses to take a bronze mm-hmm. serpent uh, to make, like, a, mm-hmm. a mastiff, right, a flagpole at the center of the city, and to make it a bronze serpent. And anybody who looks at it will be healed. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because in, in our life, we look at all this and we say to ourselves, how... In a modern day, how does that heal you, mm-hmm. right? How does looking at a snake heal you if that's the very thing that's killing you? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, I think, in John, how it says that, you know, the Son of Man won't be lifted yes. until his time or until his hour has come like the bronze serpent in the mm-hmm. desert. Yes, and, yes, yes. and it's interesting because only, I feel, and maybe you can add more to this, but only until we look and confront the very thing that we feel is killing us mm-hmm. can we truly find life and i that's what i was doing all my life i was running away from suffering from mm-hmm. just trying to think about all this stuff that had happened mm-hmm. and then eventually this comes about mm-hmm. i mean do you think that maybe in our new era on this new epoch in this time now that we're in do you think a lot of us are trying to run away from suffering well, you know, uh, suffering is part of life, uh, and you know, suffering is uh, when it is real suffering. You know, nobody can make theory about it. You know, we. Uh, but you know, the uh, you speak about running away from suffering. You know, sometimes you know it's true. The temptation is to escape. You know, but uh, uh, the fact that we run away from it will not abolish suffering. You know? But, you know, uh, and it's part of our life, you know. So uh, It's the two things that are inevitable in our life. It's death and suffering. Yes, yes. Well, this is, you know, the info, usually this is why, you know, in a conversation we cannot escape from that, you know. We cannot, we try to escape from death, but at some stage we are, there is some moments where we are, we are obliged to, to acknowledge it, you know. Suffering can be, you know, Avoid it, but to to a certain point, you know. So, uh, what we 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 are led at some stage, you know, to 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 look at it in just uh, as it is, you know, it's part of life, and also to to find a way uh, a way to not to avoid it, but to to discover the meaning of it, you know, and uh, uh, there is, you know, in front of suffering, in front of death. Uh, most of the people said, uh, you know, either they escape or they 
they get angry, <laughs> you know, and at times they get also angry against God, you know, because uh, you say, why is uh, God uh, allowing me to suffer? You know, uh, in front of that, I've not really, really answered because, you know, I've uh, had experienced so many times uh, with some friends and some people, you know, that uh, this kind of anger, you know, the, you are hurt so much by suffering that, that you know, we, we cannot say much about it. But, uh, you know, we, we, maybe my, my own experience is that, uh, uh, and this is what I can share with some people who suffer, is that in front of the suffering, maybe uh, you said uh, the first, the first uh, things would be like a prayer. Why so much suffering? God, are you allowing that? You know, because if you are, if you are the, the source of life, if you are the source of the, the source of the universe, and if God is really who He is, and God is love, why, why is it? So my first uh, reaction is to, to, to a prayer. You know, why, why are you allowing that to me or to others, to my friends, whatever it happens? You know, for example, you have the war today. You know, such an absurd war in Ukraine today, you know, it, and, uh, uh, you know, every day I ask myself, you know, why? Why are there some, some people so, so, so strange that they, they engage in such situations, you know? So the world is full of, of absurd situations. Uh, through my prayer, you know, because I, of my encounter with, with Christ, who is the Son of God, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been... Uh, I've been touched by, by, by Christ in my life, since the beginning of my life, you know, because my family, many people have presented me, you know, Christ. I discovered uh, that uh, this, this uh, God is not uh, the source of, of suffering, but he shares my suffering, shares the, the suffering of the world, you know. And uh, uh, he himself experienced the suffering. This is why we, we, you know, we, we, we contemplate Christ on the cross, you know, doing this passion and so forth. And uh, contemplating him, I've, I discovered that, you know, he is not the victim of the suffering of the cross. His victory is, is uh, over suffering and even death, you know. So uh, this is my answer, you know. We cannot abolish suffering, it is part of our life. But uh, we have, you know, I'm invited to follow Christ even in his experience of suffering. And uh, this is, you know, he shows us a kind of light, you know, uh, the, the light over death. And of course, we, we believe in the resurrection. You so so uh, it's, it illuminates my life, you know, it's, it gives me hope. The hope is not absurd, you know, because of, of my, my faith. And we always said that, you know, uh, the fruits of our uh, encounter with Christ is that we, we discover uh, something in us which gives us faith in him. And uh, this faith makes, gives me hope about, about what I'm living today and uh, will be, live tomorrow. And eventually the, the real hope is about the eternal life, about you know, the resurrection in Christ. But uh, maybe the, the, the main fruit is that uh, 
the capacity to love in spite of hate, in spite of difficulties and so forth. So I discover myself in a world which is not easy, you know, and I'm surrounding, but, but uh, I'm, uh, I see as a follower of, of, of Christ who opens for me to, the way to God, uh, I find the joy, you know, the joy to, to, to believe in him and to, to go over this suffering does not abolish the suffering because the suffering will remain, you know. I have not the un all the answers, but there is something which is different in my life. And, uh, and precisely this is my faith in, in Christ, because Christ is the, the, the one who sent by his Father, you know, to, to, to be, to, to help us to understand that God is with us, you know. Yeah, I, I, I want to quickly go back to this one part that you said that I liked right now. You said um, about what's good and what's bad. Mm, you, yes. you mentioned something like this, and it's and it's true. If it all comes from God, mm. I mean, it, this kind of goes back, and and I, and I always use this as an example for for those who listen. Is that it's difficult for us to know the difference because this is this is what Eve did. Eve eats from that the fruit of the tree. To know the difference between good and evil, mm -hmm. and once you know the difference between good and evil, good and bad, right? You, you say, let's take away all the bad of our life. Mm -hmm. Let's get rid of all of it because I just want to have all good. Mm -hmm. But even, even so I, I explain to you, even all good sometimes isn't good mm -hmm. because uh, you eat sugar long enough, mm -hmm. you know, sugar even starts to taste bad mm -hmm. after a while. Mm -hmm. So. What is good and what's bad? I don't think we really know the difference because what's good for Joe Schmo, mm -hmm. you know, that's his opinion of what's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And what's good for me is my opinion. But then we go to another culture in China and they believe mm -hmm. that what they're doing is good. Mm -hmm. But who knows what good really is and who knows what bad really is? If if it all comes from God, as St. John of the Cross says, if it all comes from God, well, then it's all good. Yes. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> precisely, you know, I think uh, the, uh, the, the good is really, what, what is good, we, we discover it step by step, you know. Uh, this is also part of our education, you know. I think we, we are being educated uh, through our relationship, you know, for example, you as a father, you know, you, you are, I know that you have many children. Yeah? Seven children. Yeah, yes. seven and children. And one in heaven. Uh, and one in heaven. And uh, you know what? What are you doing with your children? You educate them, you know, and uh, you educate them. Uh, you don't. You don't uh, just say, you know, you don't open the book and say this is what is good and what is bad, you know. But you know, you have you have a kind of. Uh, a kind of approach of uh, to look at my own life you know so uh, i've been uh, you know educated for for the you know for the last you know i'm 76 now <laughs> for the last six, 76 years you know uh, uh, and uh, you know my, my education has helped me to to decide at every moment of my life what is what I consider as good and bad, you know, and uh, you know, it's not not that you are opening op opening a book where you have a category of good and what is bad. You know, it's not like that. You know, but step by step, 
you know, you, you are confronted with yourself and the decision you take. And uh, uh, you learn step by step, uh, you know, in your relationship with, with yourself, with, uh, with, your, with other people, you know, family, your friends, the, the society at large. Uh, in your decisions about what to do and uh, what not to do, you know, uh, and uh, with God, you know, so you you are co confronted to you, you all the time. You have to decide, you know. This is uh, and the, the you decide because you you are given some some criteria, you know. Uh, it's always our life is always a kind of decisions about uh, how to, 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 to be a human being, you know, and to, to, to decide how to, to behave and to, 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 to live your life uh, in relationship with you, your, your, the others, and with God. You know? So uh, this is the result of our education. You know, this is what happens. You spoke about the desert, you know, with the... The, the Jewish people, you know, in the, the desert that it lasted for 40 years, you know, they were all the time, you know, tempted, you know, to be self-centered, you know, to, to, uh, to look only after themselves. And uh, so God educated them, you know, through, you know, Moses was one of the great educators, you know, and uh, helped the people, you know, to always to, 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 to become open to others and uh, to avoid you know idolatry to discover who is the true god you know and uh, i think we have all of us we have to learn that step by step you know so uh, we discover that uh, the real uh, the goodness is when when you are you know uh, giving away from egoism from self-centeredness when you are open to others and when you are open to god and when when we live a true relationship, when we build a community, then we discover the good of our life. You know, for example, you you are a father, you know, and your constant struggle is to help your children to become to grow up, you know, with the the, the values you want to to offer to, to them. But you you are educating them in the same way that God is educating us, you know. So this is this is our life, you know, and uh, uh, the, these values we receive them, basically we receive them from our, from our traditions, from our families, from our because uh, you know, for example, in my case, you know, I I've been educated by parents who had been educating themselves, you know, who had values in their life, and they were there very attentive to us, you know, said you should not do that, you should not do that. And uh, they also helped us to, to have, a, you know, that has been my case, you know, to have a personal encounter with Christ, to, to, to discover the, the gospel, to, you know, to understand what uh, Christ wants us to, you know, the same way that Jesus was educating his disciples so that they could themselves, you know, be teachers of others, you know, and so forth. So this is, this is the way, you know. This is the way you, we are not, we are learning as, uh, you know, in our journey, but uh, always uh, through uh, the witness of others, you know. And this is why also we, we belong to a church, you know. The church is precisely 
made of uh, of these people who are together and helping one another to you know I suppose that has been also uh, that in your in your personal history you know that we have you have discovered through the encounter with Christ you know the and the, and the, the, the gospel itself what is good and what is bad you know but it's always I always uh, find it uh, a risky business <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> you know? it's interesting that you say that because you know the you are right and I think it's in Proverbs in Proverbs it says all wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord yeah. and and you're right because all of this that happened and that probably many other people who converted in different stories and saints they all always realized that they were sinners and if God were to ever come what they deserved is mm. right was to go to hell but the mercy of the Lord, of Christ, you know, saves us all truly, and and it makes so much sense because what would compel me to do good is to know that if one day God comes, you know. Yeah. I, but you know, uh, you you took the example of Eva and Adam, you know. Yeah. And uh, they were, you know, they were created by God, and uh, they were invited, you know, to to live. You know, in harmony with God, in harmony with one another, you know, in harmony with nature and so forth. But, you know, uh, God put, this is of course, these are uh, symbols, you know, put, in, put them in the garden, you know. And uh, they, you know, there were some limits, you know, some limits in the garden. You, do, you will not eat the, this food. What does it mean? It means that, you know, you cannot do what you like, you know. But uh, I, you, you need uh, p to cultivate uh, the relationship within ourselves in harmony with the relationship with, relationship with God. And suddenly, you know, they, there was, a, and that's the, the temptation. The temptation, we want to have everything. You want to be the center of the world. You want to, and it leads you to, instead of living in harmony, to separate one from another. And it is a disaster. And this is what happens with Adam and Eve, you know. They, they, they said, well, you know, let's, let's do what we like. So they separated from God. And once they are separated from God, they separated from one another, you know. And their children killed one another, you know, and so forth. So, you know, the, the consequence of, of, uh, of uh, precisely uh, this revendication that we have, that's what bad, bad is. The good would have been to, to, to live, you know, to, to respect who they are, to respect God, and to respect the nature, and they would have found, you know, this kind of harmony, but they destroyed it. So, uh, the, the, you know, that's the story of the Bible, of course, you know, but these are beautiful images because, you know, in order to restore this harmony, God decided to send his son, you know, Jesus. And, uh, gave himself totally so that he, he sacrificed himself so that we could rediscover, you know, what it means to be in a relationship with God and relationship with one another. But when you look at the world today, <coughs> again, I come back to the situation of the world, of the war, you know, because of this uh, incapacity that many people have, you know, to love one another, you know, we, we reach... We, we are led to disaster, you know, and uh, 
it's hard to understand why you know some human being as we have today you know are able to kill thousands of people just 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 to achieve their own their own desire their own aims and so forth mm. yeah now now that you you speak about the world of today <clears throat> i also wanted to bring up this subject of you know in in the 40s the 50s the 60s we had i mean the church is packed i mean some places they would have to put you know uh, make multiple masses you know because there were so many people and now we've seen a decline i mean what do you think as as the nuncio to the united states is the is the problem and what do you think could be a solution to this well you know uh, i would hesitate to you know to follow you exactly you know and well you, when, you what, however yeah, you think yes you know, okay, you, okay. You let me know uh, you know i don't think we could say you know before it the church were packed and they, they are not now today you know precisely this is what my experience you know i've been all over the world for most of my life you know and i've seen the church in very different contexts so there are places where you know uh, the church in minority some other places there you know the, it depends of the history the history of evangelization and so forth so uh, <coughs> there has been you know over the last 2000 years let's be honest you know there has been many crises you know many moments of totally abandonment of the church you know sometimes the church has disappeared you know from some areas eh? uh, there has been some glorious moment it's true that maybe uh, 50 years ago in uh, in our country here in america you know uh, there was there was a lot of vocations for example you know i, I know that uh, we have uh, the, the Catholic Church has built many seminaries. You had uh, a lot, uh, huge number of religious sisters. You know, they they were teaching the school. They were they oh, attracted. Yeah. I, I remember just when I was young, yeah, yes, like yes. seeing the you know the convents filled, yes, yes, seeing yes, yes, massive yes. priests. Yes, yes. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's true yeah. that uh, it's true that we have had uh, some maybe more glorious moment, more abundant moment doesn't mean that that's the end of the history, you know. Uh, it is true that uh, uh, we are living, and this is what Pope Francis tells us, you know, in his various documents and what in his preaching, you know, we are living in the change of time. Yeah? And uh, this, the reasons of this uh, change of time are, you know, very complex to, 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 to you know, to, to analyze. Uh, it is true that you know the conditions of life are not exactly the same than when I, you know I became a priest 52 years ago. You know when I, I entered, and I entered into the seminary to become you know for my formation uh, nearly 60 years ago. You know, so we were uh, certainly in France where I was. You know, quite a bigger number than we are today. So there were more vocations. Uh, we are still living in a different epoch, but uh, what has happened? Maybe you know the the, the, the difficulty that uh, the parents, the teachers, the priests, even you know all those who are uh, in charge of education have to to transmit you know the values of today. The, there is a kind of what we call secularizations, you know the 
there is a kind of separation between uh, uh, the faith and life and so forth. So this is a difficult time, and uh, uh, especially the parents. You know, uh, you you are a father and uh, with your wife. You know, certainly you will experience that, especially when you your children will grow up. You know, how to transmit the faith, the values, and what you believe to your children. You will see the difficulty. Uh, I hope you you will be able to be a true witness. You know, because it's based. What I have received from my parents have made who am, whom I am, you know, and uh, I have had the, the opportunity precisely to to grow up and to to integrate the faith in my my own life. This is the reason why, you know, I I am a priest today because you know I I was able to you know to respond to 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 the call of the Lord, but which has been always given to me through through uh, many people, you know. So today, uh, this 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 is more difficult, and this is the reason why maybe some uh, uh, we have less vocations today because the you know you cannot you cannot uh, become a priest if you are not called by somebody, <laughs> if you are not invited by your community, if you are not seen that the beauty of this kind of life, you know, if you have not met a personal encounter with Christ. The, the problem is, and this is what Pope Francis tells us all the time, is that, you know, we who have encountered Christ, you know, and uh, have responded to his call, you know, we have the responsibility to 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 recreate the church, you know, to 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 animate the, our communities so that uh, the calling may may uh, may be made again in these new circumstances, you know. Before it was different, but we cannot dream about the past, you know. We, but we have to live today in the conditions of today. It's not, it's not easy, an easy one, but you know, I have a lot of hope about that. You know, we. Oh, me too, we, me too. Yeah. I, I believe that it just, it just takes a small portion of great Christians yeah. to just bring. I mean, look, it was just twelve disciples. Yes. And look, look at the. I mean, our calendar. Is based on the Catholic Church, yes, you know. Yes, so I mean, it was twelve disciples. Yes, that's all it was. Course, so yeah. how could we? How could we not have hope? But you know, we, it does not depend only on us. You know, I think it's, at times we think that we are the author of the things. In you know, it's, it depends very much in our faith in God and to leave God uh, touch the heart of the people. You know, for example, again, I take the example because this. This happened to me, you know. I was I was a child. Uh, in my family, uh, my parents and the, the school where I went, the priest I met, and so forth, allowed me to have a personal encounter with Christ, you know, and to to be touched by the presence of God, because they created the atmosphere. They told me things. The, the the drama today is that there is we live in a world of kind of indifference, you know, where a lot of young people. Who are not not be be given the, the opportunity to have a personal encounter with Christ, and this is a question for for us as a church today. You know, are we, do we, <laughs> allow, you know, especially the young people, to have a personal experience with Jesus, you know, and to live in a community where they will feel that uh, God is calling them, you know, uh, are the the parents, the teachers, the priests, you know. Uh, such witnesses that they could touch the heart 
of young people and call them, you know. At times, you know, we, we forget about that. So that uh, the young people, they don't receive anything from us. And this is the reason why, you know, uh, there are so few vocations today. People complain, you know, we have no priests and so forth, but what have you done yourself, you know? What, uh, how do you live? Have you forgotten about God, you know? And this is, uh, I think, one of the big dramas. Of the, we, we, we live in a world where there is a kind of huge indifference, and uh, uh, the result is that, you know, we are living in a kind of desert. Hmm. It's interesting because in, you know, you see, you, you said this about the families, and I think, I think you're completely right. I mean, the faith always begins with the family, yes. always. It doesn't yes. start from the top. You know, all the way down, it starts right with the yes, mom and dad yes, instilling yes, it. Yes. You know, with like the holy family of Nazareth with yes. Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. But I think we, I think it's 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 also because they're scared in some ways to speak truth. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I do this a lot with my child. I I don't try to befriend my son mm-hmm. or my daughter. I'm your father. I'm not here to to make you how how do I put it to give in to your feelings mm. and your emotions and how you are. I I try my hardest to speak the truth with mm. my children. I always like in the book of Genesis it says it says it doesn't say that God, you know, ran around throwing lightning and strode his strong arms. It just says that he spoke and at the end of every day, he says, and it was good. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it says that the devil is the Lord of lies. So who is the master of all truth? God. Mm-hmm. So all it's interesting how God creates the universe with absolute truth, speaking absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And I've always taken that. And I used, to, I used to lie a lot, a lot, because that is how I used to get my way through life. I used to go around just lying and lying and lying. Mm-hmm. And eventually I saw how that lie would always catch up to me. Always, always, always. It always got worse and worse and worse. And then I'd have to lie to get my way out of another one. And not until have I began to speak truth mm-hmm. yes. without the fear of consequences, mm-hmm. I, I see how I've been able to help myself, my family, mm-hmm. my children. Yes. And, you know, there, it was interesting. There was a Muslim who I, who I cut. And he's probably, he, I think he listens to this podcast. <laughs> but um, this Muslim that I cut, I began to just speak truth with him. Whether it was in love, in charity, you know, in correction, or my own life, not hiding my life away, mm-hmm. or whatever it meant. And this man began to pick up the Bible and read. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he would always say, he goes, you know, it's, it's interesting because nobody has ever told me what you've told mm-hmm. me. Nobody, because they were too scared that they would hurt my feelings. Goes, but you, you spoke to me with love and truth. Because you can say the truth and be harsh about it. Mm-hmm. But you can also say the truth. I like, I think in the New Testament, it says, you know, to correct your, your uh, to have fraternal correction, right? But if you do it with love, they'll accept it. Mm-hmm. So I, I try my hardest to do this, to see, as we said in the beginning, a human Mm, yes. Would I want to be corrected with chastisement? No, I would want to be corrected with love to see that 
they care about the humanity that exists in me. Mm, And I think that's what's happened with a lot of the families now. I think Mm. they've begun to see that their child wants to go play football because, you know, in America, football is big. Mm. So they football is on Sundays, Mm. right? Mm. And I I have a football game on Mm. Saturday or on Sunday. And, oh, but I don't want him to be sad. So let me take him to the football game. I think uh, what you say is properly what we call the real education, you know. Education is, uh, uh, you know, it's education of ourselves or education of our children, whatever, you know, our students. You know, we have to help people to make the decisions. And uh, you don't, you know, to have a proper discernment about the reality. You have to choose every day. You know, you have to choose, but you cannot choose according only to the commodity or your own, uh, you know, uh, wish because you you're, you're inclined to do that. You know, the real choice has been. You, you have to respond to somebody, and you know, and uh, uh, as far as uh, I am concerned, as, far as we are concerned, you know, the, we have to, to 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 answer to God, you know. And uh, because God is a source of truth, as you say, you know, uh, is a source of life. He's the one who made us. He knows what is good for us. So uh, we have to discover, you know, discover step by step, you know, what God wants me to be. Uh, and, you know, uh, this is why we need really to always to receive the education I cannot educate on myself by my, on my own. I always to be educated by somebody else, you know. And uh, the parents, the teachers, the priests, whoever, you know, uh, even the politicians, you know, they are con- con- uh, instrument of education. They are mediators for edu- education. But so we, what we are, we, are, we have received, and eventually we are received by God. So, uh, and that's where the values of our life, you know, are are coming up, you know, because we discovered that, uh, you know, through the example of, of somebody, there are some values, but we see that it's, it's worthwhile, you know, to live like that. Hmm? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's funny because the in truth, I, I always say this, uh, truth has no space for feelings. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And most of the times the truth hurts. But you know, the truth is also, uh, yes, it's true, but uh, you know, it has also to, to, to give to our feelings their own shape, you know, because we are also made of feelings, you know. Yes. So we cannot, the educator has also to enter into the dialogue, you know, you, like you, the father, you know. You, uh, your children will not listen to you only if you are a dictator. Yeah, yeah. If I'm just you know, killing them all yeah, the time. Of course, you know yeah. you you are a father. This is pretty, uh, that God is a father, you know, and uh, Christ is our brother. You know, is is with us. You know, so we we discover, and he embraces our humanity. He becomes a man like ourselves. You know, and it helps us to grow as human beings. You know, and uh, to to transform our feelings so that they, you know, what what makes our humanity, you know, because our humanity is made of, of who we are. And step by step, we adjust our humanity to what we have received from God, you know. Uh, we have a model, 
you know, uh, I think the problem is that many young people today, they have no model. Even their fathers are not a model for them. You know, they don't respect their father. They don't, they don't feel the love of their father or their mother, whatever, you know. So, so that uh, uh, we said that they are badly educated precisely for that, you know. So God is always uh, near us. And this is the reason why God, Father, he is a father, by the way. That's interesting, you know. He sent us his son so that he may be with us and accompany us. But what God, Jesus, teaches us is that he's always obeying to his father, you know. So if we want to follow Jesus, we have in him and with him and through him to obey to the father, to discover that God is our father. And a father always wants the good of his children, you know, even if he acts with authority. You know, uh, even if at time he will judge them, he said, this is good, this is bad. But, you know, always with love. And this is what we discover, you know, in our, in our faith. You know. And uh, it helps us, you know, to, to follow him because we, we, you know, at the end of it, we discover that only love can so save us, you know. And the salvation is precisely that, you know. Salvation is, is to discover what is good for us, you know. And the good for us is our relationship with God. Yes, and for for somebody, now that we're we're on this, for somebody who does not believe in God, right? Or or better said, I I know a lot of people who who listen to this and believe in God, but they don't believe in Christ. What do you say to them? Like, uh, you know that that they're sitting there and they say. I can believe in God, but why do I need to believe in Christ? Well, you know, what do you say to that? You know, well, you know, the, the point is that this is uh, the revelation we receive, you know. Uh, we, you know, uh, I know God, and the real God, I know him because Jesus came, you know. So we may have, you know, and I think it's good, you know, we, I respect that, you know, many people believe in God, but they have not had the opportunity to have a personal encounter with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus uh, is, has been sent, you know, this is what we call a revelation, you know, he revealed himself and he became a man, you know, he became a, and, and encountered his first disciples, he's, he's, he lived in a different place, he's part of our history. But, you know, at the end of his uh, human life, you know, he died, but he was risen from the dead and he sent the Holy Spirit to, to his disciples, you know, so that they may continue, you know, to become witness of his presence in the world. So the, the process, you know, the, the way God has chosen to be known, you know, to, 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 to us is through the person of Jesus. You know? And this is what we, we have discovered. You know, I, the, the God I believe in is the God that uh, Jesus taught me, you know. Mm -hmm. So some other people may have had not had the opportunity to have a personal encounter with Christ. And this is maybe one of the big problems we have even in our Christian society, you know, today. So that uh, they have not been presented Christ by the church. Today, you know, we cannot know Christ if it is not through the church. The church is the, is the, the company of those who believe in Christ. And they, they have discovered Christ, they have, they have become disciples of Jesus, and through their testimony, 
They offer to others, new people, the possibility to have an encounter with Christ and through and to know the God revealed by Christ as His Father. You know, this is this is the process. So, if some people uh, say that you know that I believe in God but I don't believe in Christ, it means that they have not had yet the possibility, you know, to, to have a personal to have a personal encounter. So, we are still on the way. Yeah, I, and, and you know you cannot condemn them. You know, you just said, well, well, uh, I invite you to have a personal encounter with Christ. This is the role of the church. You know, when in the church we are we are a, a group of witnesses. You know, that's uh, yeah, and, and you are right because it's um, for us, at least for me. This is how I see it. The best way to get somebody to believe in Christ mm. is to act. Mm your faith well it, uh, you know to 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 show that uh, you you show that you believe you know? yeah you it, know it, this it. is what I, I discovered christ because i had so many people who, who show it to me that uh, helped me to encounter you know, this is and step by step i discover him and uh, and now i believe in the god of jesus who is the true god you know he's the father uh, the father of Jesus, but he's also my father. So I've been introduced, and uh, the role of the church is precisely that. You know, and I repeat what I said. You know, you cannot know Christ if not by, through the church, the uh, the company of the believers in Him. Yeah. yeah. Now I wanted to ask you one more thing, since we did get into the subjects of families. So many times, I will um, people will will judge me because I have seven kids. Right, and I always tell them. I always say, when I took my vow, when I made my vows, right? The priest asked me, "Do I come here on my free will?" Yes. Are you uh, in love? Yes. And are you open to life? Yes. Now, I mean, if you look around, many times we have an average of about I'd say less than two two or less kids mm. per family in the church mm. I mean do you think that uh, we've in some ways been scared to be open to life well why not yes possibly yes you know I think it's uh, and why and, and why well, do you, think you know that? it's uh, first and foremost you know I think I will never judge you know of course anybody yeah. you know with the size of their family, you know, I think we m must say that, uh, you know, the the children, like you know, everything in life is a gift from God, you know. Even when you are married, you know, you receive your wife, you receive your husband you know, as a gift from God, you know. You meet them, and you love them, you know. This is beautiful, you know. And uh, uh, but you know, if if you th you look at a wife, you know, just to get a wife. To, to possess this way, it will not work, you know. The real, the secret of marriage is that, you know, we are open to the encounter with the others. At some stage, you know, God offers you a wife, and uh, to your wife, uh, uh, husband, and the two of them, you consider as each other as a gift, you know, and I think it's so important. So, so that it will help you, you know, to cultivate this gift until the end of your life, and to be faithful and so forth. And that's that's the secret of marriage. Otherwise, you know, if you enter the, the into the mentality, this is my wife. You know, I possess. You know, 
it may it may collapse. You know? I, I, I'm, I, I'll be honest with you. When I first got married, I, I made that mistake. And, and, and I like to be honest always here on the podcast because I know people, um, when they listen, they see, I think like he did, or I still think like he does, yes, yes. or he did back in the day. And I, when I got married, I got married, Nuncio, and I looked at my wife, and my, I saw my wife so beautiful, and I said, she's mine. Mm, yes. And exactly what you said, it's, it's, it's like you hit it on the nail with how I used to think. Well, you know, there is, there is something which you, she's yours in the same way that you are. You're hers. But mine was selfish, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think you have to, you know, this is also part of our, our life. You know, you have to purify step by step, you know, our attitude. And uh, the, there is a lot of selfishness, you know, self-centeredness in our life. So step by step, we discover, you know, it's not done. Things are not done in one day. You know, there is a process of conversion, which is also beautiful. You know, step by step, you discover that your wife is a gift from God. But then, again, you know, uh, the children are also a gift from God, you know. And, of course, you know, you need to be open to the children. This is what we, we, we say in the Christian marriage, you know. The Christian marriage is always, you know, should always be open to children. You know, we cannot, the, but you, you don't calculate. You don't say, I want to, ten, to have five children or six children, you know. It's just I, whatever comes. I, I am open because I want to respond to my vocations as a father, as a mother, and uh, the children will be for in my in my family like a gift of God. And but also I will take the responsibility of these children because it's not easy to uh, to be responsible of seven children, you know, because you have to educate them, to feed them, you know, to to give them life, it's a responsibility, but it's, it's a beautiful thing. It will be hard, but... So, uh, maybe you will not. There are even some, some families who have no children, you know? So they have to also to discover the beauty of their life, even with our children, you know? I have some in my family. Some are, have many children, some are there not. Uh, but, you know, uh, each person is different. The, the, the condition is that, of course, you know, if you... Uh, get married only for selfish reasons, you know, of course you will have uh, a time to draw the consequence of that, you know. Uh, so, but, you know, it's not easy. So, uh, whatever we do, you know, we have step by every moment of our life, you know, to, to leave that in a perspective of conversion. I've, you know, uh, you look at your wife, as a gift from God. At times it will not be easy to find that <laughs> because yeah. you have to live with her to, to the rest of your life. But you know, that's process of conversion. And uh, one day you will, uh, you said you have one, one, uh, one child in heaven, you know, so you have also the suffering of losing this child, you know, and uh, it, it happens. But you know, step by step you have discovered the beauty of your life, even through the suffering and you have built up a family, and you will continue to build up a family, and that will be beautiful, but it will not be easy. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it, it's funny because kind of going back, correlating to this whole situation that you had said with the image of Christ being seen in us, the first time I saw it was after I had, you know, I, I used to look at bad stuff, obviously, um, I was addicted to pornography, many different things, and my wife, this destroyed her for obvious reasons, 
And my wife eventually got frustrated. But to see that she forgave me and loved me, yes, yeah. this to me, nobody in, in, in society had shown me this. Yes, yes. And for the first time ever, I had seen the image of, mm. of Christ mm. yes. in, in my wife. Yes. You know, I, I don't think I, I don't know if I've really told her this, but you know, because she's gonna say that she's like Christ, but <laughs> but, <you laughs> but know, it, it was beautiful. What you say is, uh, is precisely you know the process of conversion. Conversion means that you know you step by step because we have met Christ, the Son of God. We have met God. You know, you have now you are uh, before you were centered on yourself. You know, my own satisfaction, and step by step. We discovered that the beauty of my being, you know, is to look at somebody, so, at Christ Himself. But Christ is, uh, as the Son of God, is incarnated in the human reality. That's what I say. You know, we cannot meet Christ if not in the church. And for you, the church is your family. You know, this is the first, the first cell of the of the church is your family. That's where, and uh, you know, as a consequence, your children will have a personal encounter with Christ because they will see Christ in you and your wife, you know, and in the community you are forming. I think this is, this is the process, you know. Uh, this is the reason why God was incarnated. God is not an idea, you know. God is not a, a principle of morality, you know. God is a presence which opens for us a new horizon to our life, yeah? and it helps us, you know, to to adjust to find ourselves, you know, uh, in this context, you you find yourself as part of the church, and uh, and in this church you meet, you know, him, and he invites you, you know, to to be open to him, and to the values of the gospel, you know, and uh, so so this is this is a kind of process, and uh, the 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 method the method of of entering into this process is conversion. And the conversion has to be done every day of our life. Kind of process of discernment so that what should I do today to be faithful to this person of Jesus, to be faithful to the gospel, to be faithful to my wife, to be faithful to my children. How should I educate my children? You know, it's it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. But you know, it cannot happen like that, you know. It's it's you experience it every day. And this is the reason why we need to be constantly in touch with the, the Lord himself. We need to constantly uh, reading the, the gospel, you know, we need to pray so that he helps us, you know, precisely to lead our life, you know, in coherence with him and with his message and with his gospel. Yeah. So should, should. It's, it's interesting because mm -hmm. the, what helps me always is I look at my daughters mm -hmm. and I, I always give this example. If you were to ask somebody what is the definition of wood, mm -hmm. they wouldn't be able to really give you a definition, but they'd be able to point to wood. Yes, exactly. So the first, the who gives the definition of love mm -hmm. to my daughters? Is, you know, love love doesn't exist. You don't find love like that. No, no, no. Of you course. love somebody, and uh, you know, and she, you know, uh, I realized that my father loved me. He was not a perfect man, but he loved me. My mother loved me. And I've, I've grown up because of this love which I've experienced, you know. But they were also uh, able to tell me that God loves them. And I, I've, I've experienced that God loves me, you know. 
So it's it's a kind of transmission of that. Because yeah, of, uh, but with my daughter, I see it, and, and I always say to myself, you know, what I show the love to my wife, mm -hmm. the love that me and her have, she's going to take that and define that. Yes, yes. And she's going to make it, if, if let's say, for instance, I, I constantly... Um, I don't know, call my wife bad names, right? She will grow up one day and she's going to think that's okay. And one day she will look over and she'll allow some man to say that to her because she's going to say, well, it was normal. It was normal seeing it because I, I grew up with it. So I, I always look in the mirror and I tell myself, would I be okay if my daughter married a man like me today? And that always helps me to be able to... Uh, always look to Christ yes, yes. to always push myself because it's, it's amazing we teach this to our kids and we well we teach by the example uh, yeah, yeah. So should we yeah so but I know you have to get going and Nuncio this for me has been a great pleasure hopefully maybe we could do this yes. once a year you know and hit some other topics mm -hmm. but I greatly appreciate you taking the time to speak with me I know that this is hard for you I don't know if you want to finish off with the last few words to whoever's listening well we... you know I think uh, you know it's interesting uh, you invited me to to share this conversation with you and uh, uh, we could have talked about so many things you know and, uh, the idea was maybe to talk more about what is announced you and so forth but as a matter of fact, you know, we we have, uh, you know, in a natural way, spoken about what is important for us in our faith, you know, and uh, what uh, you know what is important for me, and I think it is also for you, is to see how you know uh, the encounter with Christ, you know, uh, and uh, the encounter through Christ with God, you know, gives a different color to our life, you know, and different uh, style. We, we embrace the style of Jesus, you know. We, we become his disciples, you know. You know, the disciples, they were chosen by Jesus. You know, they were normal guys, you know. They were workers, fishermen, you know. They had, dif they had defect, their difficulties, you know. But step by step, you know, uh, the companionship with Jesus transformed them. And of course, at some stage, you know, uh, they received the Holy Spirit. You know, after the resurrection, you know, and Jesus had promised them that you will receive the Spirit, and they understood what uh, that uh, you know the encounter of Jesus had changed their life, and they were able, you know, to preach, to you know look at Peter, you know, Peter at the end after the Pentecost, you know, Peter is fantastic. If you read the Acts of the Apostles, you see the the capacity of Peter to, to, to be a witness, or maybe St. Paul, you know, when he met Christ on the Damasc in Damascus, you know, on the way to, towards Damascus. So these men, you know, became witnesses. And uh, they, they preached by their life, you know, but they also they were possessed by the Spirit of Christ. You know, the, during the last few days, you know, the, uh, the, at Mass, we, we had this this gospel of uh, you know, so Peter, you know, being freed from the jail, you know, because, and uh, so, you know, they they became an instrument of the Spirit of God, and uh, uh, this is what we are, we all of us co are called to, to become, you know, the the 
you know, instrument of the Spirit of God in the world, so that to, to become witness of His love. Because what the world needs today is to, to discover that God is love, and, that, uh, and to become witness of the love, to, to, to build a different world, you know, not a world where people are killing one another, as it is today, but a different world where we try to live you know, uh, life inspired by love in the family, in the society, in the politics, and so forth. You know, so it's 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 a challenge, but it's a beautiful challenge. So I, I wish you all the best. Uh, I greet your listeners, and maybe we will meet again. Thank you. God bless. Yeah.